Welcome to Just Market 365. My name is Shay, and today is April 11, 2019. Let's get started with the market recap, and then we'll talk about the indicators. And then uh, before we talk about indicators, I will just dive into a little bit into the S&P 500's performance this week and what it means and and all that stuff. So the market as a whole, the Dow was flat today, down 14 points, you know, five basis points. NASDAQ Composite was down 21 basis points, was down 16 points. The S&P 500 was flat for the day. We had the, the Russell 2000 that was also flat. We had gold that was flat. You're seeing oil trade at 63.69. Hasn't been able to stay above that resistance level for too long. Not a good sign. On the bond side, the 10-year treasury is trading at 2.49%. So let's move over to Asia. We have the Asia Dow down 75 basis points. Hang Seng down 93 basis points. Shanghai down 1.6%. Sensex flat. Remember, India is having elections, so that's probably why you're not seeing a lot of movement there. And the, in Europe, you have the FTSE 100. That was flat. DAX was flat. CAC 40 was up 66 basis points. The uh, stock 600 was also flat. So most of the time, you've had a flat uh, flat day here, um, a trading day overnight in Asia and Europe and also in the U.S. Now, let's take a couple minutes and talk about the S&P 500. The S&P hit a year-to-day high on Monday at 28.95, and since then it has returned zero percent. So it's been in this really tight trading range. Now, over the weekend, I talked about I expect the markets to be oscillating and being in a trading range. I didn't say like a really tight trading range like that. So let's talk about what's going on. Well, first of all, the volume has been mild. Uh, so to speak, uh, this week. Now, that's not the only thing, right? We have a lot of uh, technical indicators that are showing overbought conditions. So the first one, um, or the one we'll talk about today, is the Relative Strength Index, the RSI, which has been in the overbought position since February. Now, just a quick note on the RSI Index, the Relative Strength Index. When the condition is oversold, means that it's time to purchase a long position. Uh, it's time to buy in the market in this case, or the stock that you're looking at. An overbought position shows that it's a good time to sell out of that position or reduce your position because the momentum is showing is decreasing and it's about to turn the other way. So this is not a great indicator, but it shows you momentum. I, I don't use this as a trading tool, but it is very informative. So many technicals are showing overbought conditions. You have a global macro data that's showing that the global economy is slowing down, not recession levels, but just slowing down a bit. You have the U.S. economy that's slowing. Now we've talked a lot about that over the last week and a half, right? And so we know that the economy is not going into a recession. Uh, it's slowing down from its highs of last year. Um, so we're still in a good condition, but it is slowing down a little bit. 
And then we also have, and we have talked about, earnings are expected to decline here in the first quarter by 3.9%. Now, I said they probably come in better than expected, but I'm not sure if they go back to being flat. Uh, the revenue is going to be more important. And then the S&P, based on the next 12-month earning estimates, uh, the S&P is trading at about 16.5 times earnings. So that's a not an expensive number, but it's a fair number, right? So unless we have revenue and earnings guidance reports this quarter by companies that are reporting exceed analyst expectations, I just cannot see this market really break through its high and move up higher. So if 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 they if the earnings and revenue do come much better than expected and the guidance is better than expected, then you can see that high being broken through that we had last year. But unless that doesn't happen, I just cannot see that happening. So, so I'm saying is that there's a high likelihood that we have a pullback in this market. And I would call it more of a technical pullback rather than a you know, fundamental pullback here. Uh, due to a earnings recession. So a technical pullback is based on you know, a lot of different things. So on the S&P 500, I think the range that we should look at is between 2766 to 2686, right? On the S&P 500, where it's currently trading at 2888, 2, right? So I'm calling for a pullback of somewhere between four and a half to over 7% pullback here in the markets. And I think that's where an appropriate technical correction can be here. Um, If you're overweight US equities right now, I would say that it's a good time to uh, go in a neutral uh, stance, make a tactical shift to cash. And I think that's a good prudent move after we've had such a huge run up over over the past few years and see on how the economy is going to perform and, and is going to react to all the different headline risks and news that's going on right now. I think that's a, probably a good way to look at it, uh, but that's my call right now. I think we are positioning. Now, this is not something that's immediately it's, it's going to happen tomorrow on Friday or next week, but this market is positioning itself for a tactical pullback of four and a half to seven percent in my mind so definitely look out for that definitely be aware of it so remember a tactical neutral stance on u.s equities tactical overweight of cash cash is still paying pretty well the fed funds rates paying about 2.4 percent so it's not bad so now let's move on to ppi producer price index By definition, it measures the change in prices paid by businesses for goods during various stages of production. Now, this is one of the oldest inflation measures that we've had. And the last reading of the PPI, the Producer Price Index, climbed to 0.6 last month. The government said that economists have predicted somewhere around 0.3% increase, so much higher than expected. Now, what happened? Well, the if you take the data apart, you'll see about 60% of the rise in the PPI was due to rise in 
gasoline prices. So remember, earlier this week, we talked about CPI and we talked about food and gas cost really affecting CPI, right? Now, those same costs here, we're talking about gasoline prices, is what's really causing the PPI to climb so high, much higher than what economists were polled to do. So that's what you're seeing here. It's You're seeing that gasoline prices really is what uh, whacking this out here. So nothing to worry here, really. You have to think about it from an adjusted level. And if you take out the gasoline effect, uh, the number is still pretty calm. Now, if you we look at the last 12 months of this data and you analyze it at an annual rate, the PPI is increasing at about 2.2%, which is much lower than where it was this time last year, where it was at 3.4%. So the inflation data has come down a lot. Now, a lot of it has to do last year was due to tariffs, all right? So right now that is only priced in, so that's probably why it has come down a lot. But the surprise last month is all due to gasoline prices at the pump. So both the CPI and the PPI are showing us after a big run-up in inflation, price inflation, and producer inflation last year, they're all pretty benign now. Now this has caused the Federal Reserve to rethink its hikes and that's why now they're at a pause for the rest of the year. And the Fed funds at 2.4% is quite accommodating. Now the next data point that I wanna talk about is the weekly jobless claims numbers. They came out today and it was better than expected again. The number was 196,000. The consensus was for 210,000. So it came in much better than expected better than even last week's at 204,000. So the 196,000 is the lowest since 1969, which is very good and means that the job market is quite strong. So in summary, in today's pod, we had a very strong jobs number. Again, the weekly jobless number was stronger than expected and the strongest in many, many years. We had low inflation this week. CPI was strong meaning on the low side, PPI was low. If you X out gasoline, you have earnings expectations negative, not that great for the market. So the S&P looks like it's a little bit overbought. So we could probably see a pullback there as a whole. Yields are low. Fed doesn't want to do anything right now because inflation is low. So overall, everything looks pretty accommodating. I always remember what Bernanke always says. Ben Bernanke, the former chairman of, of the Federal Reserve, always said, bull markets do not die of old age, right? They do not die of old age. What he means by that is bull markets die of because of some kind of event happening, a bubble bursting or something happening. They just don't die because it's 12, 13, 14 years old, right? So that's what he means by that. So unless there's some headline risk out there, that we cause it ourselves or we see a bubble bursting somewhere, that's going to end the bull market. I just don't see it ending right now. Some risks are higher. You know, things are frothy a little bit. You know, you have uh, some possible technical corrections, but that's all short-term stuff. Now, one of the things that I was going to do today was go through the 
a Uber S1. It came out quite late today, so I wasn't able to go through it in detail for you guys. So maybe I'll, I'll, I will be able to do it tomorrow or for this weekend, but we'll go through both Lyft and Uber and compare and contrast their IPOs and then determine which one looked better in this IPO pricing. And then you guys can determine yourselves on whether you want to buy it or not. Again, I always say IPOs are always speculative. I'd rather not buy them. Wait a few months, six months to a year, and then maybe if the price is appropriate, then buy at that time. So please rate and subscribe to this podcast. Please rate us five stars if you've enjoyed it and found it informative. It really helps our business. Until tomorrow, take care, and we'll see you. Please remember this podcast is for information purposes only and presenters will make every effort to provide accurate information, but assumes no responsibility for accuracy. You should not construe any such information or other materials as legal, tax, investment, financial, or other advice. Past performance is not indicative of future results. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk, and there cannot be any assurance that the future performance of any specific investment, investment strategy, or products, or non-investment related content made reference to directly or indirectly in this podcast will be profitable, equal any corresponding indicated historical performance levels, be suitable for your portfolio or individual situation, or prove successful. Due to various factors, including changing market conditions or applicable laws, the content may not, no longer be reflective of current opinions or positions. Moreover, you should not assume that any discussion or information contained in this podcast serves as a receipt or as a substitute for personal investment advice from your advisor. To extent you should have any questions regarding the applicability of any specific issues discussed, you are encouraged to consult with your professional advisor of your choosing.